You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murawski and JJ Samuel do, or uh, you can be lame and you can get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Congan. I'm just kidding. You're not lame if you wait. It's fine. That's, you're, yeah, you're being it's sassy fine. today. You're just cooler oh. if you get it early. Oh, there we go. You know what I mean? I- it's like, you're fine. You're like at you're like at like you're not at zero if you if you wait and get it on Friday because you listen to the podcast, which makes so that cool inherently. So that's a plus one, right? Yeah. So you're already you're already on the plus one side of cool, as opposed to the negative one side, which is lame, right? But if you if you give us a dollar a month, then that's another plus one. If you give us five dollars a month, that's plus five. So you're at you're at six on that one, right? Cool points. Cool points. Yeah, and and so on and so forth. I think you guys can extrapolate the math on the rest of them. So Brian Morowski, JJ Samuel, they are they're at plus twenty one. Coolest and that you can be. I yeah I I'm no, it's not the coolest that you can be. The coolest that you can be is is Andy B, who uh, for the longest time supported us. At a uh, an exorbitantly high level, I don't even want to say it out loud because it's absurd that he did it. Uh, uh, and I great. appreciate him so much for all of that support. Um, but I, uh, he's one of the few one of the few podcast folks that I've met IRL. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's only a handful. We were just talking about this. There's only a he, handful. Of folks he's he supported us at that level back when like there weren't like the rewards weren't worth it. Like I think I think that the, the well, we're his we're like friends with Andy now, and I feel like that's yeah, the greatest he, gift of all. He abs no, he absolutely bought his way <laughs> into Our friendship with us. A hundred percent, he did. You can, and you can do that. That's that's the point. There's no shame in it. He did it. I've done it. I've done it with podcasts that I like. Not 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 through money, but like by doing stuff for them, like like helping them or just graphic design or an illustration or whatever. Right? Like I've done that with other people. So like, yeah, it's, you know, I will say that it probably works at higher levels, too. And one of the things that you should because here's the thing. We knew exactly who hated Reboot when we were making Reboot. Yeah. We knew the names of the people that hated Reboot. Because if you're loud enough on the internet, you're going to hurt some feelings. So be loud enough on the internet with your love, and then people will think of you fondly. Because I actually don't remember the names of the haters now, but I bet that if it was somebody that actually liked the content that we did, that I would have been more inclined to like yeah. follow them back on Twitter so that I could hear all the awesome things that they were saying about our content. 
I mean, I'm sure that that's true at, like, I'm sure that there are, like, back, you know, back in the olden days when there was, like, fan clubs, right? That you, like, knew who ran the fan club of, like, whatever it was that if you were famous enough and you had a fan club. Yeah. I feel like that's got to be a thing in, like, K-pop communities because they're so insane. What is going on with BTS, though? Honestly, McDonald's meals? And I want one so badly, and I'm so mad at myself where I'm like, this is just a phenomenon taking over the world. People are so- trying to sell their, like, used McDonald's bags for, like, $200 in Vancouver buy and sell groups, and it's hilarious. As because if you can't just, like, I know, because I don't understand. Can't you just go McDonald's. buy McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like it's got to be I'm somewhere. sure. I'm sure if you went to a McDonald's and you just said, hey, can I have one of those bags? <laughs> like, I'm going to buy something, and you can put it in a bag. But then, like, also, can I just have a bag? Yeah. That doesn't cost you. It's like, it's pennies, like, like less, probably less than pennies. McDonald's probably makes money off of printing their bags because that's how McDonald's works as a uh, McDonald's isn't a restaurant in case people don't know this. McDonald's is actually a real estate venture, but I, 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 yeah, they don't make any money off of the restaurants. That's not how they make money. They, they own in a lot of like obviously when if it's in a mall or whatever it's a, it's a slightly different situation but in which case that's just marketing like a standalone McDonald's that's just like like wherever right um uh, with the play place and whatnot like like McDonald's corporation owns that land and then leases it to the franchisees Oh, interesting. So the incentive there is that like, oh, well, it's like it, with any franchise, you're you are licensing the the brand name of McDonald's because it's a tried and true tested uh, brand that, that, that has value. Right. Um, as long as you run your restaurant to the standard, uh, you should be profitable there. There's there's. I mean, like there are factors. We don't need to get into franchises and and all of the politics involved there. But the idea is that, like, if you've got the money to start a McDonald's franchise, you can you you can have a job forever, right? Like, like you you can be your own boss forever, basically, um, and and make decent money doing that. But the real winner is the McDonald's Corporation who owns the land that your restaurant is on and is leasing it to you so that you can license their brand and contribute to their wealth. It's a, what's the word for it? Um, Scam, I think is what it's called. I, but it's perfectly legal and it's, and it's, sorry. But it, like they also have to put money into franchising, and to like market and publicity. Oh, hey, it's a it 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 it's not like the it's it's not, it's not like it's without risk. But this is the thing: if McDonald's as a restaurant, let's say tomorrow it turns out that actually like like all of the things that everybody says about McDonald's, which none of it is true, but like let's say like the pink slime that the burgers are made of rats, like all of this stuff that people make up 
all the like the things that you heard in middle school about like oh gross McDonald's I don't eat McDonald's and it's like I saw you at McDonald's like yesterday dude like you as you were scarfing nuggets yeah. like there's no tomorrow but whatever like act like you're cool um I but all all that stupid stuff that you that you hear from from 13 year olds uh, who think that they're there they know stuff about the world I 13 year olds oh boy um Let's say that it's all true. It, tomorrow, it turned out that it's all true. It's not. McDonald's, don't come after us. I'm not saying it's true. As a matter of fact, we live in Canada. McDonald's here, uh, like grade A beef, Alberta beef, it's the same as what you're buying in the grocery store. Uh, it, it's perfectly fine. It's, you know, like maybe you guys could season the hamburger a little bit better. Maybe the frozen part of it's a little bit annoying. But in terms of like what the actual ingredients are, it's the same stuff that you're buying at the grocery store for yourself. They just buy a lot more of it, so they get it for way cheaper. Um, but I, I, but let's let's pretend for this hypothetical that that happens, and the McDonald's brand is toast. It's done. Like this is the biggest scandal in American history, corporate history, right? Like, like oh my god, this is proof. Everybody who's eating in McDonald's instantly just yaks and just like is done. No one's ever going back to a McDonald's restaurant ever. McDonald's as a corporation is going to take a hit for sure. But the people at the top and the, and the, and the corporation itself, like the corporate entity, they'll be fine because they still own all of that land and that's where all of the actual value is. And so, yeah, like McDonald's is a, uh, that's what, that's what you're, I mean, like, like you're also, when you buy McDonald's, you're also, uh, contributing to the economy in the sense that like lots of people work at McDonald's, right? That's lots my first of job, eh? there you go. Like it's like, and, and, and like, again, like we're, we're unpacking all this stuff. It's weird. Right? This is not what we were going to talk about, but, <laughs> but I, I, there's like, there's that stigma and that shame of like, Oh, McDonald's, you worked at a McDonald's. And it's like, why? Yeah, good. They, I learned a lot working at a McDonald's. And I job's a job. I got, a, I got crew member of the week a couple times. There you go. So. Uh, and, and I worked at a Starbucks for all of about three months before they politely asked me to quit so they didn't have to fire me. <laughs> I, I look, I'm not cut out for the, for the, uh, 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 oh, what's it called? The qu- quick service industry. Um, they don't call it fast food, right? It's quick service. Uh, it's not, yeah, that's, that's not the life. Oh, I mean, like I, I had graduated from, uh, from the, the, the concession stand at the beach to Starbucks. So it's like, I thought Ooh, I could handle it. Like the big but, peach one? No, I th- same guy owns the peach that owns the, own the one down the way, uh, gotcha. like on, like in the middle of that's now of a burger Lakeside. Shack. Sorry. Actually, that's now a burger shack. Sure. That concession turned into a burger shack. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, Plug for Penticton. Woo! <laughs> yeah, but I but when when I was there, it was hey everything was just we were just throwing frozen pucks on the grill like <laughs> it was not quality yeah, yeah. food. But uh, but I got to eat it for free. I to this day I'm not a hundred percent sure if we were actually allowed to just eat whatever we wanted, but we did. You know what's the best thing? This is like a little like behind the scenes of McDonald's that I remember is that um, we, when we were working the night shifts, so mm-hmm. much fun, by the way, when it was open 24 hours and we would do drive through um, 
you scrunch up the um, like reg buns, like the cheeseburger buns. You put them into a ball and deep fry them and then put sugar on them. And they're like, like donuts. It's pretty great. <laughs> we would just like make ourselves donuts out of like reg buns. So, you know, not available on the menu. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. You're just, you're using like the sugar for the coffee. Probably. Yeah. yeah like yeah. a just sugar like, packet, like, right? Like just like sugar yeah that's incredible um yep but they were i, I mean you know it was subpar donuts so <laughs> hey i uh, the mcdonald's hamburger buns are a delicacy like yeah, yeah. that's why it's you're not eating the hamburger like no nobody nobody cares about the meat in the ha- in a mcdonald's hamburger nobody's like oh my god what a beautiful piece of beef uh, mm-hmm. in a McDonald's hamburger, you're there for a couple of things. For me, it's the barbecue sauce. First and foremost. Interesting. Okay. I, the bun, the, 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 the hamburger buns and then, and then the French fries. That's why you're you at McDonald's. The, you want to know the like weird, like, I guess it's irony. Maybe it's irony. Is that like, I didn't eat meat while I worked there. Like I ate chicken. So I would eat their chicken stuff, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I, cause I haven't eaten I haven't eaten beef since the fourth grade. So yeah, I, you just, you, you, I know that you will disagree because you will say what you always say, which is that you just don't like the way it tastes, but you're really missing out. You're really missing out because, because when you're in the fourth grade, so you're, so you're what you're, how old are you in the fourth grade? I can't do that kind of math. I think so. 10. Yeah. I, Five. It's, it's it's minus five, right? It's your age minus five. Sure. Because uh, so if you're in that what fourth grade plus five, sorry nine. Yeah, you're nine. You're nine right. Yeah, you did it. You did it. Good job. When you're nine, you really don't appreciate a nice piece of beef, like 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 a steak, like a like like you're not gonna find a lot of nine year olds who can who can really like like, really like a, appreciate a steak. Yeah, appreciate like a piece like a nice piece of like filet mignon or something right like it's fair it's it's no different like they would rather have a hamburger um which you know like that's fine but it you it does take a little while uh uh, you you have to uh uh, refine your palate a little bit and and grow and mature as a person before you can enjoy a rare steak i would appreciate a steak but it's the only kind of meat that i feel like that i would ever be missing out on and the thing is is that i've discovered tuna steaks and they're freaking delicious. Like ahi tuna with like a little bit. Oh, yeah. So. But like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. You don't eat bacon. And what I just tur- like. Turkey bacon. Turkey bacon's good. That is not the same thing. Uh, I don't think I'm missing out on bacon. Uh, like. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. Cause like bacon, bacon is not just one thing. Cause like, cause we get it, we get into, we get into all the different kinds of delicious pork, uh, that are all very like within the bacon family. No, I would never, no, no, I'm not, I don't miss pork at all. Pork is oh not a thing. Oh my God. Like, mm, pork. A, a, a nice, a nice, like a nice pork belly. Oh my God. Oh boy. So delicious. Crackling. Oh my God. Like you've never had, like, this is, this is what I'm saying is that like, you made that decision at, at such a young age, we could, we could relate this to a whole bunch of other things that that, like you're, you were, you were too young to make that call. 
<laughs> I and yet, and yes, as and yet, I have grown and matured, yeah, I'm still quite fine with my choice. Because let me tell you, I a nice a nice uh, porchetta sandwich with a, a there's a there's a place downtown I uh, called Meat and Bread that does that they do a porchetta which a porchetta is like a it's like, kind of like a roll it's 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 like a pork roll like take the pork roll it up it's all sorts of seasoning and whatever and uh they they put a little salsa verde on that and then the and then a generous uh sprinkling of of crackling which crackling is is the skin it's like it's like the it's like the skin a fat sort of part of 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 the porchetta like it it crisps up to the point where it's just like like, a content warning for vegans. Yeah. Well, whatever. (laughs) I, I, it's basically like pork rinds. Like that's kind of what it becomes, but it's like, but it's not like a processed food. Who would have thought you'd come to the Thunderquack podcast for like, what is that? Oh, what is the name of the thing with the sounds? ASMR. ASMR, but like descriptions of the food that you would eat. (laughs) The funny thing is that it's ten nineteen at night. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Great. I'm not particularly hungry, but now that we're talking about this, it's like, man. So, like, <laughs> like the thing about crackling is that it's kind of, it's almost like chips. It's almost like potato chips, but it's but it's part of it, pork. Ooh. It's part of the pork, right. uh, and it's just oh my god, it's so crispy and crunchy. It's crispity crunchy, just like a, a peanut buttery butterfinger. I. Uh, I yeah, and just on that sandwich, oh my god! Now I want to go to meat and bread. It's been I'm, a long time since I had a sandwich from meat and bread. I, when I work downtown, my god, dude, the food when in downtown you, Vancouver oh, is just like. Yes, I remember. I miss Back it. When, the days of the before. The before times, yeah, in the before times when we could go outsides. We're almost there. We're almost into the after times. We're uh-huh. still. We are still like, hey, everybody. We're still in the in the in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't go licking bus handles just yet. Like, um, or ever. Maybe. I mean, whatever. I'm not. I'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum. But that's not what I'm here for. You know. But but I. Is that, it's, safety is that. my concern. Safety yeah, is my okay. concern. And we're not quite there yet. Thing that you've ever said before. What. I'm not going to yuck it. Yuck somebody's yum. I've literally said it on this podcast on multiple occasions. Okay. And every time you laugh at it as if it's the first time you've ever heard it. So I I mean, like, don't stop because it's nice validation. But isn't that like the nice thing about having a forgetful friend is that you can tell them the same thing over and over again and they'll always think you're hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if it. I don't know if it balances out in all of the frustration that it causes, but it it makes it should validate you. In ways that are meaningful. <laughs> um, I was learning about, I did a, I'm sorry, everybody, we have topics, we'll talk about them. But I was in a, um, and I mean, that's only half true, but I was in a diversity and inclusion training today and um, we had to learn about empathy <laughs> and I just had like a real hard time. And then they were like, you know, empathy <laughs> skill. And I was like, oh, nope. I didn't realize it was like something that you could learn. I just like had always like written it off as I'm like, well, I'm not very empathetic, so guess I don't have to try. And now I feel bad because apparently I should be trying to be more empathetic as a person. I, you know, I've never, I've never expressed that to you, but having you say you, you opened the door. 
you open the door to it, but it that is that is a topic of conversation uh, in the in the Cohen household about Amanda. That I don't have empathy. That you are not the most empathetic person at times. Uh, I don't think that you don't have empathy. I think that you have empathy blockers. Yes. If that I, makes sense. I mean, it weirdly it does, but I'd let you just go describe it further so that, that I can understand this today. Here, here's here's the best illustration that I can give. And this is something that we've talked about previously. So I know I won't like hurt your feelings. This won't be like really news to you, but okay. just like, like we, you can now frame this with, with this fact. Um, there are a million things that you do for your film productions and for your other friends that would be super useful to the podcast that we do on now a, 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 a biweekly basis um, that you don't do. <laughs> and and like that, that is like there is like there's like an empathy blocker there and we have conversations and you go like I'm so you will say to me like I'm so glad that you handle everything. And then I'll make a comment like, yeah, well, I wish I didn't have to. And then you'll go like, yep, I'm so glad you handle everything. And it's like like a like a cartoon, like a <laughs> like a Simpsons moment of like uh, of like Homer Simpson being like and everything worked out just fine. And then Lisa will be like, the house is still on fire. And he's like, just fine. Just fine. And then the episode will end. All right. Because we'll we'll move on to the next thing. Back fine. <laughs> But, but that you absolutely, it's like, it is, it is the catch 22 of being such good friends with you. And we've talked about this before as well, is that like, like the people that you are casual acquaintances with that I stumbled over that a little bit, but I think everybody understood yeah, what I, I said. Yeah, yeah. The people that you are a casual acquaintance with, you will bend over backwards for because like you've got something to prove with that person, but but uh, speaking for myself in our relationship as as friends, as as one of my oldest friends, and I think uh, like vice versa for us, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you do not you don't really do anything <laughs> for me. You don't really bend over backwards in any respects. Um, I mean, like you did, you took Kara for an overnight this, this past week. She had a nice little sleepover at your house, which, which had a knock on benefit to me of not having to deal with her for around about 12 hours. Right. It was selfish on my part. Cause I wanted to hang out with her too. But so. that's the thing is that it ultimately, it ultimately was about you. Cause you wanted to hang out with Kara. I want to have a good relationship with Kara. Cause I like her. And she's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I would like to, um, I would like to be a cool aunt. And I think that like like all of all of the benefits, and this is not why you're friends with people. You're not friends with people for the for for like like I uh, I uh, it's it's not a unless it's Andy, in which case he's he's actively giving you money sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, but I that's a that's a joke, Andy. It's a joke. We love you. Um, I like like. Oh, what was I saying? I totally lost my train of thought. Um, I, like, like, the, like the benefits are not are not why you are friends with someone, but 
but yeah, like it, it, there in in our transactional relationship, if you want to be objective about it, it is very like anything that is a perceived benefit of of our friendship, uh, is purely coincidental to everything else that we do. All of the other activities, uh, like podcasting and and hanging out, whatever. It's like like the the other than just like the 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 pleasure of your company any other benefits on top of that are purely by accident um i which which i'm fine with i mean like like if if i had a problem with it i probably would have stopped being friends with you a long time ago but uh, (laughs) it's funny because i'll get facebook notifications on a quite a regular basis especially from about april until the beginning of june from before Facebook had a messenger and when you would write things on another person's wall in order to communicate back and forth. And it's not threaded. Like there's no connection, even though like you were replying to something. Yeah, I posted something on your wall and And then then you posted like in like you hit reply or what? I don't remember how Facebook worked back then, but like I, there was a way of like you were replying and it was posting to my wall. So I'm only seeing half of the conversation. So, so some of the times I don't know who, who instigated whatever, but I think like there are times where I'll be like, Hey, did you, did you want to hang out this weekend? And your response back would be like, you TiVo'd Smallville, right? (laughs) And it was just like very, again, like if we're being objective and just looking at it as a transactional relationship, it's like, I think like, like, and uh, this is, we're retreading a lot of ground right now, but, but I, one of the main reasons why we remained friends after high school is because you didn't have a way of recording episodes of Smallville um, and then watching them at a later time. And I was, I was just convenient in that I'm not super convenient because you had to come all the way from UBC, but, but you know, like you, it was without a car, without yeah. a car. Yeah, oh, man. Oh boy. Way back times. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I'm so happy to not be young and poor. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I wish my, I wish I had the body of my 20 year old self, but <laughs> everything else, it's like, this is the price that you pay. Um, yeah, no. But, uh, but yeah, definitely like, like, so I'll, I will regularly get in my, like, uh, I, uh, what do they call I don't know, but you're like, Hey, remember when somebody did this? Yeah. 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 There it's just like constantly just like messages, like half of a conversation with you of like, yeah. So I was thinking that I would come out to Metro town and do some shopping. And like, if you're around or whatever, and like, if you haven't watched Smallville yet, then like we could totally watch Smallville. Yeah. And it and it's and I know that my response to all that all the time was I've absolutely already watched Smallville. <laughs> like I watched it that night. But you can come over and watch it if you want. Like I haven't deleted it because I know that you want to watch it. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I so this is I mean, this is good. Let's talk let's talk about my lack of empathy for a little bit because this yeah. was this was part of what I did on the like on the call is I'm having to be like, what what is that? And for me, it's because I absolutely get my back up if people try to come to me with an emotional plea. Like if somebody just comes to me and they like want to talk or like they do, I'm always like, what is it that you actually want from me? 
<laughs> because I don't because I don't do that. Like I think that it's better to just go and talk to people for the things that you actually need from them. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think and I have a friend that's like this and and I will say like he's really good about it. He's very very busy all the time and so he makes an effort that when he needs something from people he also like makes a time to catch up. But I see him regularly enough that I'm like, you know, you can just call me and like ask me for stuff. But the other day and like every now and then he'll text me and we'll go like walk like because he lives really close and so we'll we'll um hang out with his dog or whatever but like recently he called me and he started the conversation by talking to me about random stuff and I was like what do you want man like I know that you didn't just call to talk to me like I know yeah. that you want something I'd rather you just because it's like I don't have that I don't have that same impulse and he's like no I I mean I yes I have something I need from you but also I kind of just want to catch up and I'm like oh I see I just, I just don't have that same yeah impulse i i have that i have that argument with crystal regularly where she will call me in the middle of the day and i'll be in the middle of doing something whether i'm doing the dishes making lunch or or actually working like i should be and i and it'll be like she'll be like how's your day and i'll be like what do you need (laughs) because i'm in the middle of stuff yeah and and like this is the thing. This is the nature of Crystal's job is that is that she she uh, works in people's homes, right? So she travels between people's yeah. homes during the day to to her different clients for different appointments. So she has these whole like I oh I got half an hour right now because I'm driving from one house in one city to a house in another city, and so for her it's like, well I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to call Mike and see how his day is going. And for me, it's like I'm at my desk and I'm like head down focused on something, which is yeah. which is hard enough for me to get into. And then my phone yeah. will ring and it's like, is it a problem? Or no, I it? just wanted to talk. And it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. so I'll, I'll, I'll we, we will have that conversation on a regular basis of like. What do you, what do you, what, what, why are you calling me? What do you need? What, what are you, what are you actually, what, what is the real purpose of this? Until I realized that like the real purpose of it was just that like, she's just got time to kill. So. That's fair. I, it's, I'm now like, I'm really like thinking about this because the thing is, is that the like friendship I have with you is the same as the type of friendships I have with everybody else. I don't meet up with people to not do anything. Like I always have a purpose for it. And so it's always, it's always something where I'm kind of like, that was the foundation of our friendship was that we watched Smallville or Star Wars or whatever it was that we did. And I've got like other friends where like the foundation of our friendship was that when we meet up, we like made projects or drank wine or whatever it was. It was always like something. So now I'm kind of like, I wonder if that's just like how I've mandated all of my friendships or mandated or like like curated or something anyways i'm gonna try to work on my empathy i would it'd be great if people wanted to point it out to me but people don't have to do that work i can do the work on my on my own (laughs) but uh you know it's something that i'm i'm trying to become conscious of but that i don't yeah i i guess it's i guess too for me because i feel like there's a genuineness there because for me i think that it would be really disingenuous for somebody to just spend time with me because they felt like it was like what you do with like in friendships. Right. And for Mm -hmm. me, I'm always like, I want to hang out with people because I want to, 
do that. Like there's something about it that I want to. It's not like obligatory to me in any way, right? Where I'm like, I have to see certain people like on these days so that it can feel like we're like fulfilling our friendship like quota or whatever it is. I just genuinely like I I don't have to talk to you for months on end and then we can just hang out and do whatever. <laughs> I will say that I probably have lost some friends like that. Definitely I can think of one of my <laughs> recent acquaintance who I just like stopped reaching out to and then like a couple months later I was like oh yeah I haven't talked to so-and-so in so long and people like yeah she's mad at you and I'm like oh (laughs) like didn't even recognize because I didn't like anyways yeah it it, it, uh, my thing with that is that it goes both ways right like like every every telephone has both a a microphone and and a receiver (laughs) right (laughs) like but but some people will act like like oh you do, you didn't call me you didn't contact me or whatever no the friendships that are most important to me and the the ones that I value the most are the ones that I cannot talk to the person for three weeks and send them a funny meme and they'll be like that's rad and then and that's it and then I won't talk to them for another three weeks and then they'll send me a funny meme and I'll be like awesome uh, yeah. and then. And then for some reason we'll we'll be in the same place at the same time, and it's not like we haven't talked to each other in forever, right? Like like we haven't had like a meaningful conversation in a year, but it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Um. Like like I I uh, Bill, who was my best man, I uh, uh, when I got married, it's like Bill and I never talk. Like we never talk. I yeah. I'll usually message him on his birthday, and he'll message me on my birthday, and maybe like Christmas or something like that. I'll, I'll shoot him a quick Merry Christmas or a happy new year or something like that. And, and other than that, it's like, I don't know if something specific to our friendship happens. Um, like when I started watching Ranma again, a few months back, I, 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 we, we talked a lot in that period when I was watching it. Cause I was, cause he's the one who introduced me to it. So it's like, we, we talked there and it's like, that friendship is more important to me than most of my friendships because it doesn't matter that he lives in Penticton and I live here and we see each other every four or five years now. Uh, and, uh, and we talk like three times a year because when we talk, it's like, it doesn't, it, nothing has changed, no. <laughs> right? Like the relationship is still the same that it was before. Um, and it's like, I don't know, like I value those friendships more than like the ones like a needy house plant they like you know, if you forget to water them for a day they the next time you look at them they're all shriveled up and angry at you because to me like that is that's where that's where like what what I say about like that transactional relationship like that's where it's actually important like the transactional part of our relationship is not important and and it can be a source of frustration but usually like like the the reality of that and what I, what I always end up when I do get frustrated or whatever and it's like and then I talk it out with Crystal or whoever it's always like well that's not really what I'm upset about like like Amanda just showing up for the podcast and then bouncing isn't what I'm actually upset about what I'm upset about is that I'm tired right now I have too many things on my plate and I wish that somebody would take one of these things away from me but I chose to do all of these things. It's not somebody else's responsibility to do that. Like you and I have an agreement with the podcast, essentially like a a spoken unspoken agreement of like, this is what the workload is. Like, this is how it works. Um, And and I will say, here's the thing, Mike. Yeah. In our personality tests the other day, 
I have no creative control over the podcast. Yeah. And if you want me to have more creative control over the podcast, I'm happy to take on some work. But there's like, there's certain things that we, like I come here because I like you, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And I'm invested in you. Podcasting is something that like, I think is, is very important to you. And, and that's like a, like a core tenant of our friendship. It was so that we could hang out more. And yeah. talk to each other, right? Like I, I did the podcast because I was already coming to your house every week to watch a television series. It made sense to do that and then talk about it to just have more fun time. But like podcasting is not like what drives me. But if there yeah. ever was a time where you're like, you know what? I just can't deal with this. As your friend, I would do it. But as somebody who like, again, podcasting, I do because, because of you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like there's, there's always, there's always that too for stuff is that I hope at least. And this is something that I haven't, I guess I've never, let's, let's uh, air out all of our stuff on the podcast, but I've never actually come to you and, 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 and like asked if there was, if there was like a weight that I could take off your shoulders, because in my brain, I do this too. I do my, my film projects and complain about them till the cows come home, but I'm not going to give up my creative control as a producer <laughs> to uh, yeah. have somebody help me with it because that's what I love. And then I'll just complain about having to do all the work that goes with it because I don't want to I actually, I want to just complain about it. I don't want somebody to actually take away the thing that I love, right? I just want people to sympathize with, with where I'm, where I'm coming from and my, all <laughs> yeah. the things that I'm dealing with in that moment. So I'm hoping, I hope that you know that if there were things that you wanted me to. This is, this is for, the thing. <laughs> I know you well enough know. to know that the things that I don't want to do, you definitely don't want to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Like, like as much as I don't want to, you don't want to twice as much. <laughs> Yeah. So I would never be yeah. like, be like, I hate posting and doing the social media stuff every week. Um, but like, and I know like recently you've commented a few times of like uh, me coming up with the title the it's next so day. Great. Like you, you don't know what the title is going to be. Yeah. And I, and I know like, again, because I know you so well, I know that that is you expressing, thank you for doing it. Yeah. Like, like well, you're doing a good job. Thing. Thank you for doing it. So to me, it's like, it's like that, like, again, like that's validation, right? It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Good. Um, I see you. I see you, Mike. Yeah. But, but if, if there were somebody else to like, I would love it if we had somebody to run social media for all of Thunderquack, like oh, yeah. to do, to, to do the stuff that a social media account is supposed to do on a daily basis and not just the mechanical because i know that like we're not doing ourselves any favors by just posting the content right yeah, yeah. like like that's the the that's the stick and like we have no carrot on any of our social media stuff yeah. which means that like nobody's like there are a few people following us that interact with us but one of the reasons why we have low engagement on our social stuff is because we offer no carrot for following us on social. It's not, it's not the product, right? The product is the podcast. And if you listen to the podcast, then you're probably already subscribed. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe, leave a comment, <laughs> review it on iTunes. You get this lovely stuff. content of, uh, you know, meat dissection and podcast behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like, uh, so I would love it if there was somebody to do that sort of thing, but like, I can't pay anybody to do it, which means that it would have to be somebody who wants to do it for the passion of it. And it can't just be, it can't just be a random person off of the street. 
right? Because there's a that, like that's a lot of trust to hand over our social yeah. media accounts to uh, to to another person because like you could really screw us over <laughs> very quickly by posting the wrong thing and pissing off the the audience because that like then you know like ultimately i i would be responsible for that decision because i hired or allowed a person to do a thing right so Mm -hmm. it's yeah like it's yeah it's one of those things where it's like there there are things that i wish that somebody else would do but i know that it would be more of a headache to have somebody do it than to just do it myself so i do the half-assed version on my own um rather than it being great but it, like i don't know it, it th- there's there's a component that certainly like the majority of people in the thunderquack sphere are are in it now like like people who who do a podcast or or help out with stuff it's like they started as part of the community or as a close friend right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like curtis and i became friends and then eventually we started doing a podcast together and then after enough time doing a podcast together he wanted to do his own podcast and it's like yeah absolutely it's part of thunderquack like you're 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 part of this and he's one of my best friends and i trust him i i as much as i would trust anybody else so right. like like he can have the keys to whatever and and do whatever because i trust that he's gonna he's gonna make uh good decisions maybe not always the decision that i would make right but but they'll they'll they won't be damaging decisions for the most part um like he won't make damaging decisions any more than i would <laughs> I guess is yeah. the way to phrase that. Cause like, I'm, it's not like I'm perfect. I make mistakes too, but like I, uh, I, and, and uh, Tim and Kyle uh, doing the saga continues and like, and then bringing Paul onto that podcast first as like, just sort of like a regular recurring guest. And then eventually as, as just like a regular part of the, of the podcast. And it's like, I really don't know Paul that well, but I know, Tim and Kyle well enough that I trust them and their judgment that like Paul's not, you know, going to go off on some racist, uh, some racist (laughs) rant on Twitter um, and, and screw us over. Right. Like, like, which Paul never would because Paul's a good guy, but, but uh, like, I don't know, like they, so there are people within Thunderquack that I trust to do that, but no, nobody within Thunderquack wants to do, the stuff that has to be done <laughs> that only I do like all the administrative stuff, all of the, right. The, the stuff that, that keeps the well-oiled machine running um, that if I stopped doing next week or next month, all of a sudden a bunch of people would be like, Hey, how come my thing's not working anymore? So, Cause I stopped paying for it. I, <laughs> cause, cause I decided that I didn't want to anymore. And so now, you know, we just don't have that anymore. So, I, I, yeah, like there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that, but, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> this is the, these are the, the trials and tribulations of running a podcast network. I this actually like it, it, it brings us into one of the topics that I wanted to talk about, which is that like, it's June. This is our, this is our first episode, proper episode of Thunderquack in June, right? Yeah. It's only the seventh. Um, it's, it's pride month. 
Um, and everywhere and, except for Vancouver. Except for Vancouver, which waits until August, right? We do ours yeah. in August for some reason, yeah. but whatever. Um, there's a there's an actual reason. I forget what it is, but I, but I, I. June first hits, and and the two things happen. First, it's actually funny because I find that first it's all of the memes about all of the corporations switching their logos over to rainbow versions of their logos. Um, and I talked about this on rebel cells last week and I knew that I would end up talking about it on this, this week. Um, and I feel like I kind of rambled a little bit on rebel cells. I don't, I don't know if I made my points the, the best that I could, but we don't participate in that part of pride. <laughs> in that like like and it would be very easy for me to just do like a rainbow logo for rebel cells and a rainbow logo for thunder crack and whatever it's not it's not they they it's like oh i don't want to do the work it would it would take me all of like half an hour 45 minutes to do everything that needs to be done but to me it's like when you when you use the word performative changing your logo over to a rainbow logo is the least impactful, most performative thing that I think that you can do during pride. And um, it's not like, I, to me, it's almost like white noise at this point. Right. And then, and then like all the memes come and it's like, Oh, here's all the corporations doing the, like supporting pride during June um, and changing their logo and making a one-time donation once a year. Um, and, and then turning around and like, let's use Disney as a really great example, not really supporting the community the rest of the year and certainly making decisions from a corporate perspective that are actually, they're actually kind of anti that ideology. Um, things like, I don't know, in that, in that last star Wars movie that they released, um, it's like on the one hand, they're like, hey, there's a there's an on screen, uh, the, uh, a gay couple in a Star Wars movie uh, for the first time. You guys. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and then and everybody's excited of like, oh, cool. I, I like they're being vague. Maybe it's because they want to save a surprise for us. Maybe it's maybe it's Finn and Poe. It's yeah. it's not it's not Finn and Poe. It's uh, two characters that I only have names if you pick up the the visual dictionary and read that um and they kiss and it's all of maybe two seconds um in at, it's at the end of the movie when everybody's all of the resistance people are celebrating and it's just two women they kiss uh it's very innocuous in terms of like like it, it would is this offensive no of course not it shouldn't be like there are people who will be offended by it, but those people are dumb. I, and I have no problem saying that because it's just, it's a very dumb thing to be offended about. Um, so it shouldn't be offensive. It shouldn't be a problem. Um, so yeah, put it in your movie. Cool. It's in the movie. Um, it's not really, it's not meaningful. I don't think I, I, uh, that's sort of my, my hearsay, uh, anecdotal evidence, uh, from interacting with people on Twitter is that I don't think that that's impactful. <laughs> it's a, it's if a you folks. can lift, if you can lift it out of the story without it changing anything about the story, it doesn't and, have it. And that's the whole thing. So this is where like Disney saying that they support pride and that they support like, Oh, 
all of their LGBTQ plus I, I fans, viewers, whatever wording they want to use, as well as like their employees and stuff like that. Well, then maybe don't put don't make a big deal about a, an on screen gay couple in Star Wars that was engineered in a way that we could make sure that we would pull that out for China because China's not going to let us run that movie if that's in there. Like either you're going to have the, the scruples and the, the ideals to stand behind a decision to have a, a gay character and star an openly gay character in star Wars um, to the point that it is a part of the story, not that it it's not that it needs to like dictate plot points, but that like it is it's not it's not incidental, but that it is like uh, it's actually a part of that character. Like it's actually an important part of that character that that is maybe one of the things that the language around this is tough, like not defines them because it's not like, hey, look, there's the token gay. But like in the sense of like it's like you saying it's not something that you could just like, you know grab with tweezers and pull out without touching the sides like it's operation right like like because that's what they did they just they just they put in a thing that they knew would be really easy to just remove um that's two seconds so we'll just hold on this other shot for two seconds longer um like that's not you're not you're not actually standing by any sort of ideology with that and and it's you're it's tough because it's like you're you're holding the creatives accountable for a corporate decision and it's like loki's coming out this week right uh, as you guys <gasps> listen to this it's tomorrow and uh, so for us it's in two days i uh, the gender and, fluid thing right yeah and and there's a screenshot going around where like he's got the the tva which is this I, I, the, the people who pull him out of the time stream, basically, I, they have like a file on him and under, in his, you see his file and under his sex, it says fluid, which is awesome because that's totally true to the character of Loki, who for a certain period in, in the early 2010s, I think was just female. And it's not that they like rebooted the character or retconned something. Loki just decided to be female for a while. Right. And because he's Loki and he's fluid, right? Like it's like, like we say he, cause, cause generally the character is male, but, but, um, I guess they would probably be more accurate. Right. But, uh, I, yeah, like that character can can shapeshift. <laughs> that character right. is a shapeshifter, both in the literal sense that 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 Loki can shapeshift, as well as in the like the trope thematic sense, Loki is a shapeshifter, right? Like Loki is the Raven in in uh, uh, Pacific Northwest uh, 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 First Nations mythology, right? Like same character. Uh, even though they're they're totally totally different cultures, it's like there's one but like in a trickster, every, like a trickster, the, the, a trickster, the, the trickster god, basically. right? Yeah, um, who are often shapeshifters, like almost always shapeshifters, and use that shapeshifting ability in order to pull off their tricks. Um, so, like, it's this. It, it is an integral part of the character. Thank God, they're stuck with that. They've they've 
I wouldn't say that they've ignored it in the MCU up to this point, but it's definitely one of those things that is sort of like, I mean, like you, when you, when you cast Hiddleston in the role, you're, you're implying a certain, uh, to use an early two thousands term metrosexuality, uh, to, to the character of Loki. Um, but I, I, but, but it's nice to see them kind of go all in on it. I mean, like, cause it's to the point where some people have, have made like, like put together theories of like Darcy in the MCU, uh, uh, Kat Dennings character yeah, could be Loki. What? Right. Like that, like okay, that there's a, okay. like that there's a possibility that, that, that that's actually like, you know, like, and you have to do some mental gymnastics in order for that to work. But like, hey, what, the fact that he's been pulled out of the time stream and blah, blah, blah. It's like now anything's on the table. You could reveal that like actually Cat uh, Dennings as Darcy is Loki from later in his life. I, I, and he's shapeshifted into this other person in order to like, uh, like influence the outcome of, of the Thor story, right? Like, like you could, you could definitely, if you think fourth dimensionally, you can, you can work out that story, but. And don't um, we all think fourth dimensionally when yeah. we're here? I, I, it's, it's important to think fourth dimensionally every once in a while. Of course. Um, but I, uh, yeah, like it, it's nice to see them moving in that direction, but at the same time, it's like, are they, will we find out after it airs that in China, they, they put mail, oh, yeah. right? Because there are certain things that that audience won't like. And there are also certain things that that government doesn't allow. Um, so like, and, and I'm speaking from a place of some ignorance because like, I only know, I don't really know like the cause. I only know the effect on this stuff. Like I only know stuff from like what's happened of like, like we know that they removed, like they, they made that scene in rise of Skywalker so that they could remove it for foreign markets that where an, a, a woman kissing a woman on screen is illegal. Right. Um, so yeah, like, like, and I, I don't know details on like which countries that is specifically, but um but we know that that's there, right? Uh, so, like, I don't know. Are we going to find out that that corporate Disney is still pulling the strings on that stuff? So when Disney, like, changes their logo to a rainbow logo, like, what does that mean? So I... I you know what I mean? And, and I want to come at this, too, because I, like, I'm I'm intrigued by the whole conversation about the corporatization of, of stuff like Pride and of the Black Lives Matter movement and of, of yeah. things like this. And... The, the, the part that I grapple with is that how can we maximize corporate greed for the better? And yeah. this is, this is one of the conversations, like, again, it's so apt that we have, we're having this, I like, again, that I spent the whole day talking about diversity and inclusion and we had these amazing speakers, um, come into, come into the show and, um, or into, into, into talk to us. And I will, I do, I, we can't, I, I don't want to keep talking about stuff that doesn't like without acknowledging um, the trauma that has happened in, in or been like brought to light in British Columbia. I don't think we've podcasted since um, the discovery in residential schools uh, in BC. Um, mm-hmm. Have we Mike? I don't remember anyways, but like that there's this whole history of Canada that is not even history. It's like, like a living darkness that basically is permeating 
our culture right now in the discovery of 215 dead children basically buried in this mass grave uh, outside of a residential school. And then just talking, like opening up the the conversations about Canada's colonial history and how mm-hmm. do we hold people accountable for things. And that at what point is it only if you're loud enough or if you t- care enough and that, that these diversity and inclusion initiatives are now happening. Like I was at a corporate training for diversity and inclusion and there's government funding for this kind of stuff because they're recognizing that you cannot continue to work in this world without starting to recognize that you have to make active decisions to become better global citizens, like even as a corporation, right? So yeah. at what point can we start demanding this of, of other countries, but that we know that at least Canada and the US and many European countries are at least trying, right? Trying to shift these needles. And that is in this, because there's a des- a demand for it. Like customers are saying that you need to be inclusive or I'm not going to buy things from you. Yeah. And luckily those voices are becoming louder than the voices that are saying the opposite. And while that continues to be the case, do we believe that human beings are good enough that we can continue to fight for things and continue to fight and, and say and recognize that we want this to happen. And I think that there is a movement right now being like, Hey, put your money where your mouth is because yeah. we demand this of our, of our corporate culture. Um, anyways, I know that those are disjointed things, but the reason I bring it up is because there's just so many conversations, like the, the conversations about pride and corporatization versus like the indigenous reconciliation, like the truth and reconciliation committee um, or um, calls to action rather in, uh, in Canada and just what, what so much work that we actually still have to do but that the first step of that is recognizing it like the first step like there is a step where it's like if we could just get the catholic church to admit (laughs) that they had a hand in this yeah that's at least one step forward so how do we get these large organizations to start making decisions well the first thing is for them to admit that there is something there right so posting a, a rainbow flag, it really is the least you could do. And then you can prove it, right? You then have yeah. the rest of your corporate existence to prove to us that you earn our dollars when you put that flag up. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think for me, it's like as, as the person who makes the decision for not that we are a corporate entity, but in the in the um in the spirit of that idea it's like we're a i get we're kind of more but we're more of a cooperative than we are a corporation right because it's like it's not like i make decisions like i like like ryan and chloe they they do what they do (laughs) like i don't i don't have any i don't dictate anything to them i check in with them like every six months and go like hey what's up (laughs) <laughs> right. Like I'll look at their numbers and go like, you got your downloads are looking really good or Hey, downloads could be better. Right. Like that's like, that's it. Right. Like I don't say to them like, Oh, oh these numbers aren't where I want them to be. So you guys have to change sure, the way yeah, that yeah. you do your content. It's like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's the, that's kind of how we, how we do Thunderquack. Um, so as the person who's responsible for making decisions about stuff like that, like, like if Ryan and Chloe had come to me and said like, Hey, we want a, a pride version of the logo. I would have been like, yeah, cool. Right. Like, but, but I, I wasn't going to mandate it to anybody. I wasn't going to like tell Tim and Kyle and Paul that they got to do it or like push that in any way as like an agenda because like the, the, a, cause the creative control of the shows is up to the individuals that do the shows. 
So if they want to talk about it, they can talk about it. Like if, if, if we talk about it on rebel cells, like we did last week, um, that's because I wanted to talk about it. We're talking about it here. Cause I want to talk about it. But if, if like saga continues or Epic Marvel podcast, which don't necessarily need to right? They, like they don't have to. And I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to mandate things like that. Um, I also, I also just don't want to, I don't want, like I said, there's like, it's like white noise with the, the rainbow logos now. Right. Um, and, and I made I mean, the joke before we started recording rainbow. our, our icon, our profile icons are rainbows anyways, because that's the color scheme. Like it's not a full rainbow, right? It's not like it's the pride flag rainbow, but, but like, <laughs> It would be really, I, I would really have to think hard of like, how, how am I going to make this a rainbow? Um, cause it's already four colors. Um, uh, but whatever I, I, it, to me, it's just like, I think it's much more important that we certainly as the Thunderquack podcast remain focused on this conversation all the time, which I think that we do. Like, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't dominate. We always uh, talk a little bit about politics or social justice whenever we're talking about anything. That's yeah, why people yeah. Come talk to us. So to us. it's um, I don't know. I'm always open for like if people if people think that there's something that we could be doing better, or or more that we could be doing, then then I'm down for that. I know that last year around this time with 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 the BLM protests and stuff, I wanted to to get a little bit more active of like sort of making regular contributions to charities and stuff like that. And that didn't really, I don't know. It was, it was just really hard for, for me to figure out a way for that to be, for it not to just be me going like, okay, this month we're going to do this charity and this month we're going to do this charity. Like I wanted it to be more of a community thing and it never really coalesced, which is also on me. Cause again, as the person who's responsible for stuff, it's it's what well, we've been talking about. All, like, there's a lot on my plate already because we're not even talking about the fact that I also have a 40 hour a week job and two kids. Um, and occasionally I like to spend time with my wife. Um, but I, I yeah, it's, that's a bit of an excuse for not doing this stuff. But at the same time, it's the reality. Um, so I'd, there's stuff like that, like I'd still like to be doing more of. But um, like with that money that, that, that we get from Patreon. But then I'm also, I'm also sensitive to the fact that like, that's not necessarily why people are giving us money on Patreon. Like if people want to go donate to charities and we talk about charities and stuff like that, they can go do that and they can make that choice as opposed to them, like giving us money to support the podcast and then me going, cool, I'm going to take a portion of that and do this. Right. Um, because we don't all have to agree. We don't have to be a homogenous group of, of, uh, uh, you know, just like an echo chamber of all group thinking the same thing. Like I, I like, like some people are going to have different opinions on certain things. And I do want to be sensitive of that. That always comes down to, I, I, you can have your opinion as long as your opinion doesn't infringe on the rights of another human being. Um, and isn't actively causing harm to another human being but like if you like here's a great example abortion is a is always the best example for this because and i think i've said this before on the podcast if you yourself as a person are pro-life that's your choice that's your decision 
right? That that you would never uh, uh, get an abortion or 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 be a part of that. That's your choice, and I support everybody's choice to make that decision. Where where the line is is when you start dictating that for other people, and you take the choice away from them because of a, a moral ideology that you hold that is from my perspective, completely subjective, right? Um, based on the interpretation of 2000 year old text that never uh, actually talks about that subject. Um, at least not explicitly. Right. I, I, so like, like, like that's like, that's, that's the, the that's kind of the distinction that I make. And that's where I go. Like, I, not I not that I would ever necessarily think to like put money towards something like that, but 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 we would like say like like the like the women's march or something like that. That's something that we would support, right? Like we would support charities associated with that, and women's reproductive rights is definitely a part of that. And you know, like I, so, I don't know. I, now I'm I'm rambling again, like like are, I did yeah, on Rebel it, Cells because it's this is difficult it's stuff. It's complicated complicated stuff um, to get through but but but, but i want us so. i want thunderquack to be actively participating in the conversation and a part of it and we've talked about this before it's like you and i are both heterosexual cisgendered white okay. people i uh, but we are surrounded by queer people in our lives um and i i so it's it's one of those things where it's like, is pride specifically important to me? Um, and does it affect my life on a day-to-day basis? Like like for the singular human entity that is Michael Cohen? No. But does it affect me in the way that like people that I love and care about are affected by it? Yes. So it's important to me. So it's a thing that we that first and foremost, pride is a protest and then a celebration, right? Like, and thinking about stuff like that. And it's like, do we, so I just, to me, it's, it's like, there's all of this stuff in the air and I would rather the logo that we put on Instagram, the post that we make on Facebook or Twitter is not nearly as important to me. And this is what I said on rebel cells. I'm pretty sure I said this. It's like, that's not, that's not the product. It's just like I was talking about, like with the social media stuff, like that's not the product. The, this is the product. The podcast is what we produce. And so for us to have the conversation here and now in the podcast is so much more important to me than any rainbow logo that we would post. Um, because this is the primary way that people interact with Thunderquack, right? Um, yeah. And, and this is the way that we can have the most impact. And, and like I said, like, this is ongoing. I don't want this to be just like, like black lives matter, which I don't think that, that uh, could we have done more? Probably. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Certainly. But did that conversation ever go away? No, it's a year later and you and I have talked about it. It, Like it's, it comes up in conversation on the podcast once a month. Uh, I, yeah. Like it's, it is, it is present. It is part of, of our ongoing conversation when we talk about social justice, 
And that sort of, to me, it's like that to me is much more important that we don't just like take the month. It's like, it's like black history month. It's always like, 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 like uh, the, the jokes that will get made on social media of like, uh, like white history gets the rest of the year. Black people get one month. Right. And it's like, well, like, let's like, let's change that. Let's just, let's not make that, you know, we can, we can still celebrate in February and like have black history month, but let's do better the rest of the year to talk about these things and, 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 uh, and include black culture in our conversations about culture. Right. Right. Um, and include LGBTQ plus in our conversations about social justice all the time and not just in June because it's time to, to, to get out the rainbow flags and, uh, uh, and celebrate and whatever. Right. Like there, so I don't know, like, like, and, and I, I think like there are other conversations about pride that we can have uh, uh, about the, like the specific celebration that is pride that, that, that is usually uh, signified by a parade. Um, yeah. But I, I, to me, it's just like, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I wanted to talk about it because it's this thing that like people talk about it on that surface level of like, Oh, all of these corporations. And it's like, but, but exactly to to one of the points that I think you made earlier, Amanda, there are companies that are doing good work and they're doing that good work because, because people were loud about it and because we yelled and said, Hey, this is important. And and we expect uh, some sort of uh, accountability from corporations to the people that work for those corporations and the people that are affected by those corporations. So, um, so like at the same time that I want to say to, to Disney, like, Hey, you've been doing really great with inclusivity and representation and uh, having more than just white characters in your stories. Uh, and, and that sort of thing. It's like that at the same time, now's a really good time to remind them of the things that they're falling short on that, 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 that we're still not there with. Cause there's still a lot of work to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's to me, that's kind of the conversation. And, and so I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to contribute because I do think that it would contribute to. And I also don't want to be seen as contributing to, because I feel like then it might detract from some of the other stuff that we want to do. That's more important. Some of the other conversations that we want to have um, to, to that, like uh, uh, the, the rainbow washing, right? Like that, the rainbow washing effect that we see now every June. Um, Cause I, you see like all these, all these, these companies that like I saw a really good example of it. There's a, there's a lot of companies in, in gaming and video games that I, they operate all over the world and they change their logo in the regions that are okay with them changing their logo. And the ones that they, that are not okay with it, they just leave their logo. Like it's fine. We'll just leave it alone. Um, And it's like the world is very small. You know, and and to me, it's it, it just goes back to what I was saying about Disney of like, if you're going to take a stand, if you're going to make a statement and like I said, pride is a protest. That's what it, that's where its roots are. 
So if you are participating in pride, then you're participating in the protest that is pride. No different than Black Lives Matter. No different than the Women's March or like uh, the, these other things. The 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 I I man, I really wish that there was something catchier for for the the stop AAPI hate because uh, right. it's so yeah, it's yeah. it's clunky. It's it just that needed a little bit more marketing. So no no nobody nobody got a hold of that like Black Lives Matter right like where it's like that. Black Lives Matter is so easy. It's so it's so quick to just say, right? But um, anyways, that's just me putting on my marketing hat for a second. Um, but yeah, like like if you if you're going to make a stand with these things, you're going to participate in these protests. Then you're going to and 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 like it's you can't you can't just dip your toe into the water with it. So to me, I feel like this is us being whole hog because like this is where it matters if somebody that's a listener is offended by this conversation and by our support of of i uh, i don't even like like we can be specific and say lgbtq plus rights but i just say human rights i i if somebody has a problem with that like they're they're gonna turn the podcast off and maybe we lost a listener i don't mourn that lost listener Um, but that, but that's exactly my point is that's the stance that you and I take with this podcast and with everything that, that we put into thunder quack. I like, I want this to be a safe place where everybody is welcome and everybody is included. And that means that it's the, um, it's the, that, that, that comic of like the the do you have to tolerate a nazi and it's like no you don't (laughs) right like you have to be you have to be accepting and you have to um uh be tolerant of in like you have to be tolerant of intolerance and it's like no you don't actually you can uh you can tell those people that they're not welcome and you're still being tolerant um but yeah i think go ahead for the last little bit of this i do want to specifically talk about just some of the issues i know that people are from america but canada has is in a crisis right now and i think that one of the things is that we unfortunately get seen of as sort of this like polite like multicultural like great place to live but there are like some major issues that are happening right now and i think one of the i mean i i talked about it a little bit and i'll come back to the residential school conversation but also i think one of the things that sort of prompted us wanting to talk about different issues today is the comment that um simu Liu made on uh twitter and facebook i guess just about yeah. his treatment on kim's convenience and kim's convenience being the um the show again i think it's a cbc show too right so um that uh is based on a play by Anna joy who is a canadian um playwright and was the only person of asian descent i think on the writing team yeah for the show and just how problematic that in of itself is and that the like these stories that yes it's created on his content but then where does that diverge and and put these these individuals at risk and that i think um uh like a second cast member has come out uh the one that plays the mom uh jun young i think uh yoon is her name i think um and uh like basically said yes this is correct like what he's saying happened and we like there are there is treatment that was 
uh, very obvious and there are storylines that were racist and we had to deal with this and we uh, being the the character like the people involved in the series that um, were Asian felt like we needed to say something because the stories that were being written for us by these white voices were not representative of what we thought that the, sh- the series should be. Yeah. And so the, when you look at the AAPI, um, like Asian hate conversation, I mean, Asian American is a different experience than Asian Canadian. Uh, just with our history specifically in the Pacific Rim, I think about of, of like the diversity of, of voices um, in, in Canada and that there's this whole different relationship. I mean, I know that Japanese internment camps happened in, in America as well, but I mean, there is such a deep rooted history of discrimination and racism mm-hmm. and um, Japanese internment camps. And then the residential school history in indigenous communities that have just permeated full cultural conversations. And when we look at residential schools, really those happening up until what the last one closed in like 1996, which is not history that's not history that's lived experience yeah um and so there's this there's these deep deep traumas that exist in canada that we just don't talk about and then when we create media that we're like look at this great representative media and even that is false that there's there's this sort of we need to look critically at the stories that we tell and and this and the voices that we support and i will say i think that canada recognize that we're trying i think there's there's they're trying to be better um but at the end of the day, looping it back to pride, if big corporations don't stand up and say, you know what, if you want Disney to air its big films in China, you better take it with all of the content that we create. Until the, there's somebody that's standing up that's putting their dollars where the conversation is, I mean, it it really it doesn't mean as much as it could. Mm-hmm. And so we can only do so much as individuals and as consumers, but the thing that we can do is stand up for the things that we think are important, even if it's just amplifying those voices. Um, I will say, uh, take a take a look um, at what uh, land you live on. If you're in North America, um, there are people that have been stewards of this land since time immemorial, and we the colonial history of Canada and the U S displaced and, you know, resulted in, in the genocide of many populations. Um, and the least we can do is recognize and honor that. Right. Um, and I think we, I don't know if we ever talk about it, but we, I mean, I, in, I think you're in the same, you might be in a different territory actually, but, um, like I'm specifically on the Squamish, um, Musqueam and Tsleil-Waututh nations. And I just know that I've learned that. And that's something that I can now, I have in my arsenal so that I at least can speak of the space that I inhabit with some sense of, mm-hmm. of knowledge, but it took time to recognize that and to pronounce it correctly and to know that there is a history here that I need to be paying attention to. Um, you can go to native-land.ca and it actually shows a map of the whole world where you can go through and you can see all of the different territories. Um, and like, of course, North America is just completely packed. Um, with different things, but we also look at at places like Australia and New Zealand, um, where there are these like really strong indigenous communities. Um, anyways, it's just it's just worth it. Do a little bit of work on yourself. Yeah. We're not just going to sit in our corner of the internet and rant at stuff and like the the pl- pride flags, but maybe there's some work that can be done and organizations that we can contribute to. And there's a lot of work that we we do owe 
to the indigenous community, specifically um, the truth and reconciliation um, and calls to action that exist. They exist because of the class action settlement that happened through residential school survivors who Canada acknowledged and recognized and said, yes, what happened to you was unacceptable. We're going to not only monetarily compensate you, but we will take further action. And so we owe a lot of the conversations that are happening in Canada around truth and reconciliation directly to these survivors who not only wanted to help them, like, you know, help themselves deal with this trauma and, and, um, uh, and, you know, and, and be obviously recognized for that, but that they wanted to make it help others too, right? Like how, how do you heal or how do you move forward? Like how do you even start a conversation once you get the government to admit that it committed atrocities against you and your family? How do you continue to live on that land and, and, and work every day and, you know, be, be a part of that community. So there's work to be done. And I, and, and the black lives matter movement, I think was very good about recognizing indigenous voices specifically in, in Vancouver. I know that the mm-hmm. Juneteenth protests and things like that were very good about um, standing in solidarity with the first nations um, populations. Yeah. I, I, and I think that that's, that's, I mean, in the way that we've been talking about it, that, that sort of, you know, like pride is, is one of many of these conversations, but they're all, they're all intrinsically linked because at the end of the day, all of these conversations are about the same thing, which is that these these groups, marginalized groups, uh, at-risk groups, want the same thing that white, cisgendered, heterosexual men mostly uh, benefit from. <laughs> Right. And, and when we talk about privilege, it, it's, it's easy to get into the, I, I, I thinking of privilege as like, as like, I saw this today. It's like, it's not bonuses or, or like, uh, 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 oh, how was it worded? It was like, it's, there was another thing as well, but like, you, you guys understand what I mean? Like, like bonuses and perks, I think is what it was. It's, it's about the obstacles and barriers that you don't encounter. That's what privilege yeah. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's much harder to see. And it's, it is more insidious in that way in that, like, it's really hard to acknowledge the things that didn't affect you. <laughs> right. It's really easy to see the things that they were a benefit, but, or, or the, or, I mean, like for like, and I think that this is where a lot of white people have a hard time with the, with the white privilege thing is that they go like, Oh, well, my life was hard too. I didn't get X job that I wanted and I didn't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, but the fact that you were white, isn't the reason why. Um, And like there's, there's class struggle as well. Yeah. That's a real thing. Exactly. There are, there are economic barriers that impact people differently. And, but when your race does not become part of that conversation yeah. or like, or if the systemic, the systemic economic barriers that have existed yeah. are not one of the economic barriers that yeah. you encounter. Like I, I currently sit in a house that, that I own. I mean, it's a, it's a townhouse, but, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a part of a, a strata that I own um, that Crystal and I worked very hard to accomplish um and didn't really have any help it's not like we had generational wealth to to help us out or anything like that 
but that doesn't change the fact that I was able to get to where I'm at in my life because I'm white and because I've, you know, when my name came across people's desks, they didn't think twice about it because, you know, I, I, it, it's a foreign sounding name or an ethnic sounding name. Right. Um, and I've never been discriminated because I am married to Crystal. I discriminated against because I'm married to Crystal, right? Like, I like like these like the these are things that that people in in marginalized groups that they have to deal with. That like like gay people in a lot of instances will still hide their their sexuality and their their like they won't they'll use the term partner or something like that because and now it's kind of funny because partner has now become like a thing if if somebody says partner it it it's almost like a a trigger of like oh oh that person's gay right but i like the i think that language came out of uh i don't want to say if i'm a guy my boyfriend because then everybody will know that i'm gay so i'm just gonna say partner right i try Um, to use partner for everybody well, and that's some some people do that. Some people do choose to do that. Just like, like, uh, I, like I have my gender pronouns in my in my bio and all my social media stuff, right? Um, to normalize it, right? Um, but yeah, like like people people still deal with this stuff. It's this is we I think I think especially like on the internet and especially in the circles that we're a part of, we like to think that we've evolved past it and we're we're above it um but society as a whole is not (laughs) we're not there yet and there are still prejudices and hey i i was i've been part of a hiring thing uh at, at the company that i'm with right now and i have to do work myself to get past some of the prejudices that i have um, because when you are working in the tech space, there's there conversations kind of come up about like outsourcing and I, I you know, like I, I, there are programs where like you can hire somebody from another country and sponsor them to come to Canada. Um, and it's and it's very it's a very popular thing to do in tech. Um, and 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 I'll like. I'm going to be super vulnerable and really honest that kind when I heard that we were looking at that and exploring that, it upset me because I was like, well, why, why aren't we just hiring people who are here? Right. And, and like, it's like when it comes to people who are here, I'm not thinking in that way, but it, it was a weird thing where I had to like step back and go like, why do I care? What difference does it make? Like it's a, like we're doing it out of, not out of a sense of altruism, I don't think, but out of like a financial sort of like, like this is a, uh, more fa- financially motivated than it is, you know, like, like putting good Always. out into the world. Always. But, okay. Cause it's a company, right. But, yeah. um, I don't know, like I had this weird moment where like, I had to sort of, I had to recognize in myself why I was having that reaction and then step back and say like, is this actually like, because I was thinking in terms of like, well, hiring somebody from another country isn't as good as hiring a Canadian. And it's like, but if that person was already in Canada, even if they've only been here a year, would I have that same reaction? 
right? And I was like, well, of course not. Like if somebody if somebody came in off the street with a resume, the same person, the identical person with the identical experience, but they were already in Canada, I would like like would I have the same reaction? And and I had to realize like recognize in myself, no, I wouldn't, right? And and so like the the reason that I bring that up and the reason why why I leave myself open to the criticism of that is because like I want everybody to know that like even even Amanda and I who think that we are very progressive people it's like we you're still going to have moments because that's what's s- systemic right like that's that's what that means it's that like we've it's forever there it's always going to be a part of of how you walk in the world and how you relate to it and all you can do is is check yourself and and make better choices each time you go yeah it actually really bums me out that we can't hire more people internationally because of cancon laws Hmm. (laughs) it's really brutal well and 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 it's like the 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 world is changing right so yeah but it's like a good thing i will say it's a good thing i'm glad that there is an effort to create stories that are made by canadians for canadians but it makes it really hard when we have to hire like a hundred people (laughs) to work on our shows yeah i to me it's it's balance right like it because (laughs) that that initial reaction that i had i think is a little bit of a it, it can become a dangerous thing because nationalism can become a dangerous thing very easily very quickly oh, yeah but but there is also an importance to having like a a, a a a sense of pride about the community that you live in right like because you want you want to have like i said it's a balance it's a balance of pride and shame of like you want to you want to be proud of the things that you do right and the and the good that you do for the world but you want to be a little bit ashamed of the places where you fall short um and and so i think like thematically that's what all of this conversation has been about like to me like there like the balance for us around pride is like it to me it's much more important that we have this conversation and that that we talk about this stuff on the podcast rather than uh the opposite which would be to put up a pride logo and not talk about it on the podcast right like if we're if we're going to do one or the other which one of these is is more important and which one of these we we could do both but like i think i made my point of why i didn't really feel like contributing to that part of the conversation this year um and maybe next year i'll feel differently about it right but but for this year i was definitely like i just i don't want to be i don't want to be another one of those <laughs> you know um mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know again this is rambly it's a little bit but we talked yeah this it, podcast was all over the place but it's tough you know. I, yeah i mean like you brought up the simalu stuff and 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 there's definitely there's definitely more that I would love to talk about on that, but we've already been recording for like two hours. Um, <laughs> I will just say that like, I applaud him cause he's really going out on a limb. I think that, I think he's in a position right now where, where he can afford it. So um, um, I think, I think it's also like, I, uh, he has a bit of a responsibility to, to talk about it. And I understand mm-hmm. why some of the other, stars are being a little bit quieter because uh with the show ending they are in uh periods of transition so 
I understand the business side of it and I have empathy. <laughs> I of like, hey, like you're in a difficult position being an Asian Canadian, Asian American performer. Um, it's already hard enough. Also then being like the mouthpiece, uh, right? Like to, to, to sort of like project a little bit of, of the negative stereotype that would go along with that of like, Oh, do we really want to hire this person? They're going to be a, a lightning rod for controversy. Right. But, but Simu, we're on a first name basis now, by the way, uh, uh, I've just, I've decided that we're best friends he just doesn't know yet, which sounds like something a stalker would say. And I don't disagree, but also that's the way, that's the way I'm going to choose to live my life right now. Uh, so I, I like he, he, um, I think he's, he's in a really good position right now with Marvel and Disney behind him. Cause like, they're not going to drop him. They've, they've put a lot of money into Shang-Chi and it's, it's coming. <laughs> I have a Lego set like it's they can't pull out now. So um, so he's in a very safe position to be a little bit controversial and step out and say um, stuff that's going to be controversial. But but he's also right um, to say it. So like I I do applaud him on that um, and using that platform that he has right now to to shed some light on this because to me, the most important thing about that whole conversation is that I love Kim's convenience. I think it's a very well-made television show. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I haven't watched the final season yet. Um, and when I do watch the final season, it's going to be a little bit bittersweet a knowing that it ends and b now knowing what the behind the scenes look like. Yeah. And the fact that a lot of the stories, if not all of them, are white people appropriating an Asian story. <laughs> like, that's what that is yeah. at the end of the day. It's 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 colonialism on TV. Um, and 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 that and that ends up becoming a little bit of like, I don't know, like like now you're in tough territory of like how authentic are these stories now? Um, the actors obviously bring a level of authenticity to it. And so I appreciate that part of it, but now it's like with knowing, knowing how little the the Asian voice is actually represented in the writer's room. And certainly like, a, like in the above the line stuff in terms of producers and that sort of thing, like, like that, that's, it's very problematic. And here I was, applauding the CBC and really excited about this progressive show about an Asian Canadian family. And Um, it's not to undermine that it's important that those shows continue to exist and that we continue to give opportunities to creators, but they've now had two slip ups. The other one being trickster. Exactly. Where, you know, exactly. They could do better CBC. Like if you have one person that you put all of your diversity eggs in one basket and then it doesn't work out like that, maybe, you know, maybe try to hire enough people with the same background so that when one of them moves on, you can continue to have your show because you fostered a peer like mentorship. And let's just have less white dudes involved at all levels. (laughs) 
at all levels. And that's not to say that white dudes aren't allowed to be involved in stuff, because I would love to make TV or movies or whatever, right? But at the same time, it's like, you know, like 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 there are enough of us already. Um let's let's give other voices some room. I uh, and I uh, and certainly if if we're specifically calling out that a story is a, an Asian Canadian story, then like then those voices need to be in the writer's room. They need to be producers like they need because the, and the reason why is because if if there were more people, uh, more div- if, if the producing uh, the room of producers, I don't know what you would call it. If the room full of producers looked more diverse than it did on that show, then those decisions further down the line would have been made differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's, it, it, I mean, film like most things is top down and, and that's where those decisions are going to come from. So that's kind of the place where I think you need to focus the most because then if you, if you, so like make, I, I Simu Lu, uh, a pretty, uh, like an executive producer on the show, right? Like make Paul yeah. a, 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 a producer on the show, because then yeah. if they have a voice in that room, then when it comes to, to hiring writers, that voice is going to be represented better in, in what that writer's room ends up looking like. And it's going to, it's going to affect casting and it's going to affect, the grips for god's sake like it's gonna it'll affect all levels um and that's that's the way that we need to look at it and that's what we need to do so like you said like with trickster it's like yeah you can't put all of your ethnic eggs in one basket um especially in that in that instance when it turned out that it was a load of crap anyways yeah, um, it, the, it was. It's we're specifically referencing the um, uh, Michelle Latimer who claimed to have indigenous heritage and turns out did not, and created yeah. a show. Uh, you know, crazy. Which is like, just... yeah, on a, like about like it was an adaptation of a of a of yeah. a relatively popular indigenous book. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, it was a so... good show. It's a shame. It was a good show. That's what I heard. And I, and I, I was, it was like one of those things that like I had the CBC, I was paying for CBC gem and I made that decision for two reasons because of Schitt's Creek and because of Kim's convenience. Right. Right. And uh, I had just canceled my CBC gem already anyways, but if I hadn't, when I read what, what Simu posted, I would have canceled then and there because there's because I was specifically giving money to the CBC five dollars a month for their no even though I wasn't really watching it like I was just throwing money at them because I was like well they're doing good stuff right like I want to support them doing good stuff and now it's like oh but they're not really doing good stuff it at the end of the day just like everything else it is just a bunch of white guys pretending they are basically rainbow the like the same thing as like rainbow washing a logo you know like that's yeah i don't know it's it's a bummer but it is what it is and i uh, and and thankfully simu's in a position to to shed some light on it um uh on something that that we all thought was this sort of like paragon of of like we, and i think that as canadians we were all really proud of ourselves and patting ourselves on the back as a nation we were like hey look at this look at look look at this show that you know, our, our 
one step away from government run uh, uh, broadcasting uh, is is making right. Like, well, like I think that we all kind of took a little bit of ownership of that because that's kind of how we feel about the CBC as a nation. And then it's just like, oh, what a bummer. <laughs> It's a real, it was a real high pedestal to fall off of, I think is, is what I'm yeah. saying. But anyways, we've talked for a really long time. I talked most of that time and I think that we're yeah. done. I think we I did think it. We're done. We I think that's an episode today. That's a lot of podcasting. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big one. What did we even talk about? Oh, oh I hope man. there was something. There. I don't know. Hope like you enjoyed see, it. This is where now I have to figure out what the title of this episode is. <laughs> Um, yeah. And that's, I'll sleep on it. I'll figure it out in the morning when I post this. You know, the problem that you have now, Mike, is that I'm going to, I'm going to be messaging you random title suggestions and you're just going to be like, there's a reason why I don't let why I've never asked for your help with this (laughs) part. Yeah. 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 I'm happy. Give me control. (laughs) So, so this is a good opportunity for you to practice some empathy (laughs) and, think about like how will this affect mike if i send this message uh and uh and then just maybe just delete it and then don't don't send you my and then, and then don't send title. it because because you've practiced some empathy by putting yourself uh, uh in my shoes and trying to see it from my perspective here's my problem with empathy this is the la- this is what we'll end on here's my problem with empathy um I think I think it's because of my personality type because because I'm a commander. I put myself in somebody else's shoes and I and I run through the scenario and I go like, well, that person's an idiot. So these are the stupid things that they think. And then I'm just mad at the person. And so I've practiced empathy, but unfortunately, it hasn't had the effect that it's supposed to where I'm supposed to like go like, oh, yeah, now I now I really see it from their perspective. Instead, I end up often walking away from from practicing empathy, going like that person's perspective is stupid and I don't respect it. Um, and I'm going to do things the way that I think that they should be done. And that's the commander personality type in a nutshell. Uh, so that's your commander personality type. In a nutshell. Uh, you can try and hide from it, but do a little bit of soul searching. Fair. Um, okay. The thing about empathy is that it's a fake it till you make it situation. Um, mm-hmm. And you will, after doing it enough, it'll just start to happen automatically mm-hmm. without thinking about it. Um, so, yeah, just you just have to you just have to pretend you're empathetic. And then eventually you'll you'll realize that you're not pretending anymore and you yeah. actually do care about other people's feelings. Um yeah that's it for this episode uh thank you guys for listening and we'll uh we'll catch you on the next one stay safe everybody wash your hands and be kind to one another follow the thunderquack podcast on twitter instagram and facebook by searching the thunderquack podcast you can support us in three ways First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.